This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode number 174 of the Stacey West podcast. I am Ben and Gaz has handed over the uh, co-host duties today to uh, Mr. Jake Tong. How are we doing mate? Are you well? I'm good. Or Mr. Todge as, as Cornell calls me if you, you watch his videos. I've been called Mr. Todge by Cornell and now all my <laughs> mates are taking the mick out of me. But no, um, all good, mate. Um, I've seen every game so far this season. I know it's only three, but um, all good. Positives after Tuesday night, which I'm sure we'll get on to. But no, everything's going well. The YouTube's progressing. 600 subscribers was hit today, so massively appreciated to the listeners for, for helping me get there on the road to 1,000. But no, all good, mate. Football's back. I'm back on That's the awesome. pod. The main, I'm on the main course. Well, the, the side hoe that all the, all the people talk about. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if just going to put this out there, early doors, if you can hear a fan in the background, um, I'm sorry, you're just going to have to suck it up. It's currently 30 degrees in the room that I'm recording and it's only going to get warmer uh, because this room is ridiculous. And Jake is playing the world's tiniest violin, so <laughs> we might as well uh, get straight into it. Um, and, you know... Uh, a positive performance away at Portsmouth, wasn't it? It was, um, well, I think, you know, myself and Gaz basically said last week that we would, we'd be, weren't expecting much from the game. Um, I said, I'd snap your hand off for a point and that's exactly what we went there and got. But I think it was the way that we got that point, uh, which seemed so impressive, didn't it, Jake? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I made the trip down to Fratton Park with, with Jack Mullall uh, and Dave Kirkwright, so I had a really good good time with him. Um, but no, really, really good point on the pitch. Um, I feel like the last time I went to Pompey, obviously a couple of months ago, um, there was this whole thing, wasn't there? Appleton was under pressure and Danny Cowley was this some sort of outside saviour who'd been at the club and done really well. But this time it felt completely different because Mark Kennedy, um, he's a new man and he, he, he's brought the fans closer to the football club than Appleton did manage to do and the performance was very spirited first 20 minutes I thought Pompey got away from us a little bit mm. they had a couple of chances I think it was Rico Hackett um, put one over the bar from about 
15 yards, uh, should have scored. But apart from that first half, Rushworth held everything. The line was great. I thought we played really well. Paulie O'Connor was a standout. And then the second half, uh, as the game sort of drew on uh, and Pompey were, were only shooting from sort of 20, 30 yards out, you know, you thought maybe we, we could nick it. And obviously everyone thought that we had when Jacko headed into the side net and I think a few yeah. people had gone up in the away end. Um, but no, do, do you know what? The, the, the support even with sort of 20 minutes ago was was fantastic because Fratton Park that day Ben was sold out really good atmosphere and I feel like the the fans paid their played their part in getting the club the team over the line and I think Kennedy appreciated that when he came over and gave the applause so mm. no, like you said really really good point really happy to take the point away from Danny Cowley and um yeah just just a fantastic it, it felt like the club the club and the fans were together again like with when Kennedy came over, he did the you know the tapping of the of the badge, and yeah, it, it was just a really good day. Good weather, good football, good people, and a couple of beers to top it off as well. Perfect, it's what you need, isn't it? Um, no, I think um, I think the thing for me was that you know, like you said, there, there was that sense of like togetherness, but you know, I, I don't want to go down the route that. I think a lot of people probably will and, and just draw the easy comparisons. But, uh, you know, Gaz said it on uh, his, his dog walk the other day as well, where, you know, you, it's the the previous manager and the new manager, new head coach, should say, uh, you know, they are obviously very different people. Um, they've got very different ideas of, of how to not only manage a football club, but also, you know, get involved in interacting with the fans and stuff. And I think... It, it's such a difficult one because, you know, I mean, um, myself, Gaz, and, and you know, I think yourself as well to a degree, we kind of saw a little bit behind the mask with Michael. Like we we saw, uh, you know, some of the stuff that he did away from the public eye. Like we've obviously been told some things. And, you know, I, I think one of the big criticisms when he came in was, that, oh, he's not out in the community. He's not doing this, that, or the other. But he, he was, he just wasn't kind of making a song and dance about it. And I'm not saying that, you know, that's what Mark Kennedy is doing, but I think he's, he's much more open and like broadly open to, to having conversations with people. And I think he's saying the right things at the moment. Um, I think I tweeted after the Doncaster game that, you know, it, I think he just gets it. Um, and yeah, I mean, like the, the fact that, you know, I'll come up, we'll obviously come on to it in a minute, but the fact that we took over a thousand away to Doncaster was was phenomenal. Like that was a quarter of the full support on a Tuesday night. I know it's not that far, but you know, it's a League Cup game, and ultimately, that I think that's probably going to be the well, you know, Gaza said it before, the, the possibly third area of focus for the season. Um, but you know, fantastic result, I'd say, away at Pom- uh, Portsmouth. I think, um, for me, I, I agree with you. I think uh, O'Connor had a good game. I thought Jamie Robson had a good game. Um, and then, again, you know, Lars Sorensen is turning into the player that we, we probably thought we'd signed initially. Um, you know, he's, he's proven himself game in, game out at the minute. I thought he had a fantastic game on Saturday as well. Like some, just kind of putting in some good challenges and uh, just kind of marshalling the midfield a little bit, which, yeah, yeah you know, we said it before. If you'd have asked us this six months ago, you probably would have said, "Oh, not a chance. He won't be. He won't be getting man of the match potentially week in, week out." But yeah, really good stuff. I mean, did you take anything away from 
being at the game um, other than, you know, kind of the, the the positive performance from those players? I mean, was, was there much else to write home about? I know obviously um, there's the bit at the end with Chris Maguire, um, which which was, a, again, we'll, we'll come on to that again in a minute, but... Yeah, uh, you know what else were you? Uh, what else were your thoughts coming away from Fratton Park? Oh no, just just like we've already covered, really, just really really happy. And uh, I think I spoke to a, a Pompey sort of channel on Sunday night, and they were really impressed with Lincoln. And I think the first thing that um, I mean, I watched Danny Cowley's post match, Ben. I don't know if you have, but the first thing he said there was that Lincoln were ten times fitter than what they were last season when we came to Fratton Park, mm. and that. And that really showed. I mean, it just shows you, like, last Sorensen, didn't it? He's come on leaps and bounds physically. Um, you know, repeating overall ground there. But, no, just really, really impressed with the point and, and you know, thought the support matched the performance as well. Um, just, a, just a top day out. Pompey's a good away day. It's, it's good to have, sort of, for early, early in the season into, you know, when it's nice and sunny. But, no, really, really, really good day out. Good, good Brazil. Um, my Pompey mates are a little bit fuming at the end, but uh, that's that's life, you know. With, with football, you know, the one one thing that did bug me, Ben, I, I did go on this Pompey thing, like I said, and they were very, they were very critical in saying that, you know, how big clubs are when they, they don't win against the smaller teams. Oh, you know, we didn't do this, we didn't do that. Sometimes you just got to respect what the other team do, and it's happened mm. to us a lot last year. You know, your likes of Burton's that came here and, uh, and did a job on us, um, you know. So, you've got to respect the opposition, the fact that they've got a game plan. They stuck so well to it. They started you completely. And I didn't think we got enough credit from the, the Pompey end of things. Um, but, yeah, it, it, apart from that, just positive vibes, Ben. Positive vibes. Uh, <laughs> all, all was Gucci. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, you say we went there with a game plan. I think a lot of the talk beforehand was saying about, you know, we will need to get through the first 15 minutes, get through the first, you know, half hour and, and then see where we are. But I think a lot of the a lot of the game plan was, you know, to basically try and stop them playing the way that they wanted to. And that was evident in the second half because they kind of resorted to the way that Lincoln played initially under under Danny and Nicky and it was it was very long, very direct. Um and that you know they tried to use the um the the pace of uh, I think it was Scarlett and Curtis came on, didn't they? Yeah. Um towards the end of well towards the middle of the second half I think they they came on and the the way that they were trying to use them, I thought they'd probably damage us a little bit more with the pace. Um but you know we we managed to do a job and do it very, very well. Um and I was absolutely buzzing at that point at the end of the game um you know i think some uh, some portsmouth fans uh, i saw on social media were saying oh you know if you're going to you're going away and aiming for a point you know you're not going to do very well in the division you'll drop down straight away it's like well thing is if you if you don't think you're going to win the game and i think it was i think it was jack uh, that, that put this on twitter where he said you know if you know if you know you're not going to win at least go and try and do, try and not lose which i think kind of summed up Saturday for me it was it was a game that was going to be very very difficult to win, but the fact that we managed to go there, not lose it, bring a point back, and you know, and kind of keep the uh, keep the unbeaten run going, um, even though it's you know we're two league games in, but yeah, great result. Um, loved what we saw, and I was uh, I was more than happy. Um, with that one so 
Uh, is there anything else? Because obviously, normally we kind of talk about goals and, and all the rest of it. And, you know, I think individual performances. I mean, you're personally, I, I kind of felt that uh, O'Connor was my man of the match, which I was a little bit taken aback by because previous week I was a little bit critical of him. Um, you know, obviously, we spoke about the goal um, the first, you know, for the first home game. And it was like, well, he was probably a little bit at fault for it. And then there was also a couple of other instances where he looked like he was off the pace. But, Fantastic game on Saturday for him, um, you know. And then, like I said earlier, Robson and Sorensen were the uh, the other two that really stood out for me alongside uh, Rushworth. Yeah, Rushworth was my man of the match. I think he got into the League One team of the week as well, didn't he? With his performance, mm-hmm. just and I don't want to be comparing to, to the old era, but you know, sometimes last season, if the ball bounced in front of Josh, he might have parried it into a dangerous area, or he might have parried mm-hmm. it away. What I've noticed with Rushworth, I picked it up on it when it was at Warsaw last year, was almost everything sticks with, with Rushworth. Mm-hmm. Even if it's 20, 30 yards, it's bounced just in front of him. Um, he, he can hold on to it. And that's mass- like I think it was in the first half, I think it was Michael Jacobs had a free kick. Um, it was low down to right, his left, wasn't it? Yeah, right in the corner. And, and yeah. you know, last year, not to be critical of Josh, because most goalkeepers will probably parry it, parry it, you know, tip it round the post, or put it back out for sort of a throw-in. Yeah, it, it looked comfortable for him, and he commanded his area. I thought he did really well. There was one moment in the second half where he was required to go down at the feet of the attacker. Really brave, came over the ball, and early signs suggest that Rushworth is a real gem. And um, two clean sheets in three games. You know, I think it. What was it? November last time we got. I yeah, I think it's the season, and and to have it, you know, second week of the season, just it just shows you what direction we're moving in, and I think it's one that the club and the fan base are are all getting behind now. Mm, absolutely. Um, okay, so uh, yeah, really, really positive things coming out of uh, of Saturday, uh, which rolled over onto Tuesday night. Um, it was a game that you know we we you, we weren't nobody was able to watch. Um, unless you went, uh, and unfortunately, I wasn't able to go. So, um, did you uh, did you head down uh, over to Oh, Johnny? mate, yeah, dro- yeah, drove a carload from from work straight after a bit of complications getting there. Um, they all thought I was going to kill them on the A1, but you know what? We got there safely. Um, parking in Donny's a bit of a, a bit of a joke. You got parked so far away from the ground, like yep. they were like I none of them have been to many away games before, and. Uh, I parked sort of maybe a five minute walk away, you know, you know how people are moaning when you when they walk into the ground. Yeah, just, mm. yeah, no, yeah, no, I went. It was great, Ben. It was fantastic. Like the like you said, to take a thousand on a on a Tuesday night, yes, Don Donny's not that far, but you know, people have got busy lives, cost of living, etc. Um really good support and, and, and there's videos on Twitter of you know, having Lewis Monster in the way end as well was just a fantastic. <laughs> like it was a fantastic move from the club, even though I felt so bad for him because at halftime, while I was queuing up for a bottle of water in a Mars bar, he was getting absolutely swamped with people. Um, <laughs> but no, for him to to start singing and 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 that and joining in, yeah, just a a really good night in the stands, and and it, probably an even better night on the pitch than, than Saturday, really. Yeah, I mean that that's um, that's something again. You know, we've obviously had um, instances before of, of players being in the crowd. I think I remember going away to, I think it was Cheltenham a few seasons ago, and um, Harry Anderson was in the crowd, and you know, getting the, you know, getting himself some food at half time. Um, Clive obviously sits in the stands quite a lot uh, when he's back. 
And uh, obviously, I think Cohen was in there last year when he was suspended, yeah. I believe. Yeah, um, I think it was, was it Charlton? I think so, yeah, with the 617 boys, wasn't he? Um, and it, it's it's little touches like that, you know. It's it's, it's nice for the fans that are in attendance. I just think it's a, a good move. And, you know, you can't really lose, can you? Because, you know, they're not going to be under any pressure. They're just going to enjoy themselves and the fans will love it because the players are in. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've obviously watched the goals back um, and... You know, let's just let's just have a, a special shout out for Mark Hone because that is one of the finest lines of commentary that I think I've heard on Radio Lincolnshire since I'm hugging Danny's dad. Um, just superb, superb moment uh, for Mark. Um, but you know, we'll we'll start off uh, with Charlie Kendall's goal. I mean, you know, Charlie Kendall scores goals. It's as, it's as simple as that. I don't know if you've heard that, Jake, but Charlie Kendall right. scores goals. Yeah, Charlie Kendall. Uh, you know, it, uh, it was, he might have scored, what was it, 11 minutes in, but you could tell from the off, he was just hungry. Like, mm. and, and he offers something completely different um, to, to what Tom Hopper does. Tom Hopper, obviously, a very good pressing forward, um, whereas Charlie Kendall just stretched the game completely. And that's going to be so, you know, pivotal um, if we are to keep him in and around the squad for the rest of the season. Um, when the games are not perhaps going our way and we need to stretch the game a little bit and make it a bit more end-to-end to, to try and you know put our game plan into place. And from the first moment, Ben, I think it was straight from kick-off, um, running in behind, causing Doncaster problems. And, and ultimately, for the first 10 minutes, I, I hardly remember Doncaster touching the ball. Um, you know, we played it round really well. Yes, you expect a quality difference from, from League 2 up to League 1. And it is quite the jump. Um, I think not a lot of people give it the credit that, that what it is. Um, but the first 10 minutes, ping the ball around. And then it was similar to what we saw, wasn't it, on the night that we had with Mark Kennedy. It, looked, it almost looked identical from when he pings the ball in midfield, around the back, get the 10-3, the which was Teddy Bishop, down mm-hmm. the line, across the box. And there's Charlie Kendall slotting home. Great movement. Really happy for him to to get his first goal for Lincoln because I think he's going to score a hatful for us. Um, just whether he stays with us now, which I hope he does, but Charlie Kendall does score goals. And um, I don't know if you saw my tweet about it, but I, 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 I've got a new chant, chant for Kendall. Um, uh, yeah, I think I think we'll gloss over that one because it's uh, <laughs> you know you'll start you, you'll start posting videos of yourself singing them next, and we know what happens there. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, <laughs> so the, the thing is, right with. With Kendall, I know we've, we've sort of said we'll put Portsmouth to bed, but just going back to it, obviously Saturday, Kendall was on the bench. Were you sort of semi-expecting him to come on when that board went up for eight minutes? Because as you said, there was that little bit of a feeling that we could have potentially yeah. nicked something on Saturday. And, uh, you know, sitting at home, I thought to myself, oh, eight minutes, you know, it doesn't seem like Portsmouth are throwing the kitchen sink at us at the minute. So... There wouldn't have necessarily been any harm, I don't think, in maybe putting Kendall on for, for a little bit, but maybe it wasn't the right time and place for him. But you know, it's it's a, it's good to have an option that we know is there to, you know, be the poacher that I think we've wanted. Is that? I say that's probably fair. Yeah, I I, I think when the ball went up, I was bloody fuming. Um, <laughs> I, I wonder. What, I, I, obviously, we're all clinging on for a point, and and we're having a bit of banter with the, with the home fans nearly away. And I'm thinking, you know, I turn to, to Jack and go, "Where the bloody hell has he got eight minutes from?" I didn't think we were time wasting that bad, but but even then, you know, it was still sort of fifty fifty in terms of whether we were going to nick it or not. 
Um, mm. Yeah, I think being on a player like Kendall might have been beneficial to us, but I think I think Kennedy sort of was happy to settle for the point, which is why having Tom Hopper for his you know his defensive defensive abilities, the pressing, you know, coming back to corners, would Charlie Kendall have stuck his head where it hurt to get clear the ball for a point? You know, you don't know, do you? Um, mm. Whereas Tom Hopper, your captain, um, you, you know, you, you probably have to keep him on. So. No, um, to answer your question, Ben, I was absolutely livid when the ball went up. Um, maybe I did exaggerate, but I don't. Know, I don't know where we got eight minutes from. But, but no, Charlie. Yeah, probably just not the right time for Charlie Kendall. Probably good to throw him in at a Carabao Cup game against a lower league opposition, where you know it's a test for him because he's not played at that level before. Um, but you know he's he's gone in eleven minutes and scored and scored a goal and impressed everybody. So. No, that that's my long-winded answer on Charlie Kendall. Absolutely <laughs> love him. No, great stuff. I mean, like, yeah, you, you know, like you said, to come on for your your full debut, um, you know, from the start and put yourself about, get yourself a goal. Um, it sounded like he was causing Doncaster real problems. And I think that the thing is, like you said, Doncaster now, League Two club, but ultimately, let's not forget, they were a League One club. And they've, you know, they've obviously made the drop down. I think, well, it sounds like not all was well in, in Doncaster at the minute. Um, you know, obviously there was the incident with fans coming on the pitch as well. I think it was a, um, it sounds like it's not a happy place at the moment. So uh, it, it seems like it was a, a little bit of misery inflicted by us on, on Tuesday night. But, um, you know, we're not going to complain about that. Don't care. Don't care. Don't care about them. Um obviously, you know, Adam Jackson coming off, it sounds like that's um a dead leg more than anything serious, which, you know, is obviously a positive. I've seen a lot of people making the insinuation, oh, he's injured again. But if you get a dead leg, you get a dead leg. You know, it's gonna it's gonna happen if you put yourself in there. Um from the sounds of it on the radio, it, it almost seemed like a bit of a reckless challenge. Um, I I can't remember it then, uh, to, okay. to, to be quite frank. But uh, when he was on the floor, I was hoping, please don't let it be his head. Please don't let it be his head. But fortunately, it, it was just a dead leg. Um, I, yeah, I, like I said, I can't remember it too much. It, it wasn't one of the moments of the half that sort of stood out. Um, mm. But but no, obviously, you know, people are going to be you know looking at players like Adam Jackson, like Walsh. You know, like well, we had kept Bridcut, like Bridcut, uh, and saying, "Oh God, they're injured again," uh, and moaning the socks off. So, yeah, no, just thankfully, it's just a dead leg, and you know, you, you challenge people to to play a game of professional football with a dead leg. You imagine they'd want to be off in you know 0.3 seconds, wouldn't you? So, uh, yeah, no, just disappointed for Jacko, but but Regan came on and did just absolutely, and wore the armband as well, um, mm. which. I mean, confer, you know, people have their own opinions on, on who should have been captain. Regan would have been my choice, uh, personally. But, yeah, just Regan started in perfectly fine. And, and, and it just shows you, doesn't it, even though that we've got all this, you know, we've got play, multiple players in positions that they're training, that they don't know the right things to do. So, yeah, no, disappointed for Jacko, but but Regan came in and showed that he is a top-end League One centre-half. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, second half starts and within... Two minutes of the restart, we have the iconic "Behave Yourself, Teddy Bishop" line, <laughs> which uh, has now been turned into a T-shirt, which I think is just capitalising on the moment perfectly. There, really good stuff. But um, I mean, watching that back, 
the ball, I think it was, was it Rowan that got involved Rowan. in the tackle? Yeah. Yeah, Rowan, Rowan got the tackle in and then played the ball out uh, through to Bish, who essentially just ran past every Doncaster player that came near him as if they weren't there into the area and just put a really, really lovely finish um, in, you know, in the bottom corner. And I just think that starts to show that I think that's probably the reason why we signed Teddy Bishop. Um, you know, he's, he's creative, he's got the pace, he's got the, the eye for goal. And it's, I know, you know, I'm probably going to have a, a, a like a QI buzzer that, that Gaz will probably hit at some point, but it's it's the easy comparison to make, and it, it almost felt a little bit like the the kind of George Grant role that we were missing, um, you know, last season. But obviously, last season, a lot of the time, Teddy was playing out of position. He was playing uh, he was playing at right back, and I remember him playing at right back away. At, I think that was away at Cheltenham as well. You know, playing away, getting two goals from right back. You know that that short, bleh, that showed some of his quality, but. Again, like yeah, Saturday. It just uh, sorry Tuesday night. Just sounds like he was completely different class. Yeah, I I don't want to give you know I don't want to take anything away from Teddy, but if you watch it back, it's the attacking movement of the other players to drag the defenders yes. completely away. So Charlie Kendall, even though he didn't score, it was heavily involved. He dragged the centre half away. I think mm-hmm. it it was um, Scully on the right hand side. He completely dragged that defender away and. No, or was it Maguire? It might have been Maguire. Um, can't really remember too much, but completely opened it up for Teddy. And and te- that's the sort of goal that Teddy was threatening to score all season because if you think of Teddy when he was at his best last year, it was when he was picking the ball up in midfield and driving past players because he's so nimble and he's got such good feet. He can literally just take the ball and run past anybody. And yes, you can say it's an op- it's a lower league opposition, you know, like you say, to, to pick the ball up and score from your own half, you know, running the length of the pitch. And the finish wasn't too bad either. Um, even better celebration, you know, he's made that his trademark now. So, yeah, uh, really good goal for Teddy Bishop. Threatening to do that all year and really happy for him. Just hopefully he can play more in midfield because he played left wing at Pompey on mm-hmm. Saturday. Wasn't as effective, I didn't think. Came off with a knock, I think, as well. So, Well, he, he went into the game on Saturday carrying a bit of a knock, apparently. Yeah. Um, I think he said he had a slight groin issue uh, in the week leading up to it, but played on Saturday. But I think if he was carrying it on Tuesday, it didn't show, did it? No, not not at all. <laughs> and it, it was one of those again that just played completely, you know, like perfectly. Like you could tell that he just looked a classy operator in midfield. Um, so happy that we've got Teddy on board. He is it, like he's such a good player, such a good player. Yeah, um, and then. I think probably about 15 minutes later, um, Chris Maguire drives forward as a shot. It's parried. And who's there to top it, you know, to wrap it up? Anthony Scully. Rude boy. (laughs) Anthony Scully with his first of the season. (laughs) And I think he looked very relieved from the photos that I've seen when it went in um, and the the celebration on the, on the video. Um, It it looked like he was a, you know, it was a big weight off his shoulders to get that goal, uh, particularly after opening day against Exeter, where um, there were two goals that I think you'd have probably, well, definitely one you'd have put your house on him to score. Um, but uh, yeah, again, good movement. And I think, you know, we'll come on to Maguire in a minute, but I think, you know, good movement and, and good at, uh, good application from him to get to where he did. Obviously took the shot and... Um, Again, like Kendall in the first half, it's about being in the right place at the right time, isn't it? Yeah, 
and, and to be honest, again, I, I'm not the Charlie Kendall super fan club, I do promise you, but it's him getting in the face of the defenders and, uh, and causing problems. And then I think it was Scully picked the ball up, passed it along to Maguire. I thought Maguire had scored, to be honest. Mm. Probably a good save from Mitchell. Um, obviously, parried it in a really poor place. This is the sort of thing with Rushworth, I think that probably would have stuck. Um, mm. Whereas with, with Mitchell, obviously a lower quality goalkeeper, you're more likely to get that sort of mistake. And, and Anthony Scully, I think Kennedy came out and said that those are the goals that he wants him to score more often because, you know, he scores the goals like at Cambridge and at Charlton. And, you know, I think it was Fleetwood he scored a world as well last year where he cuts in on that right foot. But mm. those are the goals. That if Scully is going to have a really successful career higher in the pyramid than League One, he needs to score those sorts of goals more often. You know, yeah. in the box, being alert, uh, and yeah, no, just just really happy for him. Obviously, like you say, I'd probably be thinking about those misses against Exeter for the last couple of for the last ten days or so. But you know, it, and he looked relieved to, to to just put it in, and it, it couldn't have felt nicer to him, could it? Really, just two yards out and a nice tap yeah. in. But but yeah, no, really happy for for, for Scully. Um, good to get him off the mark as well. Has he scored like? 30 goals over the last two seasons he's definitely one of our key players and um, for someone that's coming for a reduced fee from West Ham then you know really really pivotal player I think he probably will be going going forward this year as well Absolutely um, but you know overall um, I, you know who was your oh, I suppose there's an obvious answer for this one but you know man of the match on Tuesday was, was Mr Bishop I imagine No it oh. wasn't it wasn't it was uh, it was Kendall for me. Okay, Charlie, Char- Charlie Kendall. Um, yeah, just amazed by him. I'd seen him in pre-season in the game against uh, Grimsby. Really impressed with him for about five minutes he played, but he just stretched the game, harried the defenders, and like I said earlier in the in the pod, it's just such a good option to have. And he, and yes, Teddy Bishop, he scored the goal and he he, he made the assist, but just Charlie Kendall's movement, his willingness to run in behind. His goal was really well taken as well. So, for me, Charlie Kendall, um, I am a bit of a fan of him. So, in future pods, I am going to be talking about him non-stop. So, uh, yeah, no, it, it was Kendall for me. But I can see why people would, would go for Bishop. Um, I think Max had a good game also um, in midfield. You know, there, there wasn't really a bad performance. You know, even um, Sean Rowan was another contender for me. Um, done really well when he stepped in at left back. And probably has done enough for me to, to get that shirt for Saturday afternoon. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it was interesting as well, like you say, to see the to see some of the, the fringe players, I suppose, um, coming into the picture. Obviously, uh, you know, Warsaw Greg and, and uh, McCarmer coming in as well. Um, and it was very interesting to hear Mark Kennedy after the game saying, you know, that's not a, a, an academy exercise, that's them being there on merit. Um, I didn't really hear too much and obviously the, the the highlights haven't shown how they did but how how were they when they came on did they look you know assured yeah no um i think it was obviously also good to see benny house back as well yep. just good to before before i go into talking about those two um good to see him back obviously he's been ill as and he had a bit of an injury towards the back end of the year as well um but mccarmer again stuck on the right hand side was impressive him in pre-season and didn't touch the ball much, but when he did, he was driving at his full-back at every occasion. Warsfield, Greg, you know, you can tell that he's had that account. Was it Arsenal? I think he's come from. He's had a time at Arsenal, hasn't he? Um, I believe Warsaw so, Greg. yeah. Um, 
looked really assured on the ball. Didn't touch it much, but but when he did, he did the right things. And it helps when you you're bringing these lads on and you're three 0 up rather than three 0 down, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, you've got the luxury of having more time on the ball and. Uh, and the opposition, Donny weren't really pressing us too much, and they could sort of showcase their abilities. But no, like like Mark said, just good to have academy lads around the first team because obviously I can't really think of many since Ellis Chapman that's been heavily involved um, from the academy. So yeah, just just really happy for those guys to get on it. I think probably one one of them will probably get a loan move out. I would suspect, um, but no, just 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 happy to see some. Not Lincoln, typical Lincoln lads, but but some of our academy coming through it, it is always positive. Yeah, I think that's that's the almost like the caveat at this point where you have to say, you know, it, you, people talk about all oh, Lincoln lads coming through. It is the the academy rather than you know necessarily lads that have been born and bred in Lincoln. But um, good. No, I'm, I'm pleased to hear that uh, that they you know did did all right. And I think um, you know Joven's uh, is it Joven or Joven? I think it's Joven because that, that's what that's what my barber tells me. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, Joven. He seems to be. Um, you know, I think there was some footage from from training the other day as well that they put on social media, and he seems to have a, a little bit of a, a pacey streak about him. So one to watch for certain. Um, but overall, you know, we're in the hat. Well, we, we were in the hat for the uh, for the next round. And uh, again, shout out to uh, Mystic Jack, um, who <laughs> said at the start of the draw, I can't believe they're going to make me stay up till gone 10 o'clock only to get someone like Barrow away. And sure enough, <laughs> we have Barrow away in the next round, um, which, you know, it'd be nice to see Farms again. Um, I don't think I'll probably go, but it's not necessarily a TV tie. <laughs> Are you think um, you're forgetting some of Ben? We're going to talk about Maguire. I I am, yeah. I'm just saying, okay. just, you know, over there. All right. So. All right. Um, so yeah, you know, interesting trip away, um, but yeah, uh, not not an exciting one, is it? Bad memories of of, of uh, Barrow away. <laughs> I remember being stood there when it was a Tuesday night with the beat the tellers over three 0 I believe. I genuinely, I think that was in my uh, in my exodus. Yeah, the, the um, well, no, it was the year we won the, the national league. They they did the double over us. They beat us three 0 at their place. I was like, I think yeah, I was, right, yeah, I was yeah. fuming on the way back on the on the coast <laughs> back down to Derby. Um, yeah, no, not not the best of draws uh, away from home as well. You'd rather that sort of game be at home, wouldn't you? But it's a is it a four hour drive up north? Just grim on a Tuesday night, grim. And we've got some really good away days this month. Like we've got Posh and Oxford coming up. I mm-hmm. think you might be looking at limited numbers going because people yeah. want to save the money, save the money for Peterborough. So, and I don't blame them at all. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it was uh, like I said, always good to progress in a cup. But before we move on, let's talk about Chris McGuire. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, you know, we we had the, uh, the 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 mentions from Mark at the start of the season where he essentially said, look. He's not going to be involved. Um, and he's had some involvement in every game so far. Um, I think it doesn't, to me, necessarily state, you know, it, it's not a it's not a bold statement from Mark um, where he's come out and said, right, I said he's not going to be involved and now he's playing all the time. I mean, it it's fairly obvious to me that at least for the first game, um, the extra game, he was kind of in there to make the numbers up because we were short. Um, 
and that led to a lot of criticism. But it it feels to me that he's it, it almost seems like Mark and and um, Mark and, and Chris have sat down and they've had you know obviously they've had the conversations that they've they've had, but it seems to have almost calmed Chris Maguire down a little bit, and you know he's had a big attitude shift. And I think the thing that's impressed me is that he's obviously had those those conversations and he's turned around and gone, he's not throwing, not spat his dummy out. He's, you know, Mark Kennedy said, we're treating him like a human being, you know, he's still in and around the first team training. Um, and he's got his head down and, and actually done fairly well. Um, it, you know, he's, he's not set the world on fire, but he's, I think he's probably put more effort into the games that we've, he's actually, you know, we've seen him in so far than he did for a lot of the games last season when a lot of people were being very heavily critical of him. I mean, you know, what, how how did you see it on Saturday and Tuesday? Because I know I kind of saw the, the, the stuff after the game on Saturday where Mark Kennedy made the point of, of kind of bringing him to the crowd and saying, look, here he is, he's clapping you, now you clap him almost. Mm. Um, and... It, it sort of feels like the hatchet's starting to be buried with a couple of people. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. There, obviously, there were boos weren't there at, at the yeah. Exeter game, but those people that were booing him on the Exeter game were probably singing his name at Doncaster when he got subbed off. Um, mm. it, it tells you everything, doesn't it? So, yeah, I, I think Mags has, has, you know, put the application in. I think having that honest conversation with Kennedy, where he said, "You're not especially." Um, what you know, you're not perhaps wanted or needed at the football club at this moment. But if we need you, we're going to need you, and we're going to need you to apply yourself. And and I think Maguire has done that in every game that he's played. Um, mm. You know, the Pompey game, he gave us a little bit of attacking edge. You know, we were pretty blunt on on Saturday, um, but he came on. You know, a couple of challenges. You know, it's just similar to you know what we expect from Maguire, but a couple of nice balls into the box, into some nice areas, made Pompey think once or twice, and then. Doncaster again. I thought he played really well. Um, you know, you know that the, the right hand side of it's not his preferred position. I think it, everyone knows he's probably a midfielder uh, or an attacking midfielder. But he put a shift and he got back. He helped out um, the right back uh, whose name's escaped me, uh, Aoma. Um, it was good going forward. Obviously helped with the goal at Scully and then what. You know, rightly so. He got a standing ovation as he walked off. You know, mm-hmm. Kennedy didn't have to bring him over this time. Um, the fans were stood there singing his song, giving him a clap, and I think he appreciated it. Now you do have to wonder: Is Mags doing this to get himself a better move? You know, Link. We're Lincoln City fans. We care about Lincoln City. He's doing well mm-hmm. for Lincoln. I think that's all we should be concerned about. If he's doing Absolutely. it to get a move, I don't care if, he, if he's putting in a performance for Lincoln City. That's positive. That's all that matters. Um, if Chris wants to go and get a move somewhere else, I'm sure he could. Um, but he's wanted to get the best deals possible because professional football Absolutely. is a short career and you have to make as much money as you possibly can. And mm-hmm. I don't blame him for it if, if he's haggling over so much money. But no, re- really impressive Maguire. Really good application. Really, you know, the end product looks good from him as well. Um, re- really impressive Maguire. And Although he's not especially wanted, um, you just you can't. I don't think you can turn your nose up at someone that's trying one hundred percent for the football club, which he is at the moment. Yeah, and I think that's the problem that a lot of people had last season. Um, 
I know that there was obviously a lot of uh, a lot of talk around him last season when he was having bad games and he was being made a bit of a scapegoat. And I think, you know, we will happily call out players and, and people when things aren't necessarily, you know, when they've not had a good game. But making somebody a scapegoat isn't isn't right. Um, you know, it's, it's not his fault that we didn't do very well last season. Um, but I think the fact that he, you know, you've turned around there and you said, oh, he was putting the effort in, he was putting a shift in. That is what people wanted to see. It doesn't matter if you're not a world beater. It doesn't matter if you're not going to, you know, in two moves sign for a Premier League team. You know, as long as you are on the pitch in red and white or in black and red and you're giving it 100%, I'm fairly certain that that's what a lot of the fans want to see. Um, and yeah, it sounds like um, he's he's had a bit of an attitude shift um, for for the better, um, and it's it's you know it's benefiting everybody. And like you say, if it is to put himself in the shop window to move away from Lincoln, then you know fair enough because ultimately it benefits us. Um, yeah, yeah. Just one thing, one thing on Mags. It probably helped him. Because when Appleton was the manager and, and, and he was brought to the football club by Michael, he was seen as one of Appleton's generals in a way, wasn't he? Where, mm. you know, everything that Appleton epitomises Appleton comes through Maguire. The fact that it's Mark Kennedy in charge now and he, perhaps he's not his favourite or whatever, probably has, has given him a different, a bit more food for thought, really, in, in, in trying and, and putting a bit more effort in. So, no, just props off to him because, you know, wonderful footballer. Um uh, and, and he's done really well these last couple of weeks. Yeah, 100%. So that then uh, led to uh, yesterday, as we're talking. It's obviously Thursday today. Um, yesterday, Hayden Can uh, has been sent out on loan to Gainsborough Trinity. Uh, obviously, fairly regular uh, destination for a lot of our younger players. Um, and again, I think it's, you know, I think that's a decent move. I think it's a... Um, it's it's going to be a physical time for him there. He's going to grow up very quickly, um, and uh, yeah, just you know, we obviously wish him all the best and, and hope that he uh, he progresses down there as as other players have in the past. Yeah, step up from his move from Lincoln United into because that's where he was last year. Yeah, um, I think it's a step up in league. Um, Jovan Wakoma was out at Gainsborough last year, and he's come back a bit of a different beast. So. Hopefully, something like that can happen with Hayden. I think, obviously, he'll be training with the first team, etc. At the at the at the, um, the elite performance centre um, Monday to Friday and playing for Gainsborough. But you know, just just good for him to go out and get regular game time because he's play, he's in a position where we've got a lot of players and going out and getting game time is going to massively you know help him uh, this season. And hopefully, like I say, bulks up a little bit, comes a bit like Joven and has a. Yeah, you know, he's ready to, you know, go on and, and crack on next preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, and you say there, you know, you, we've got. Well, you say we've got a lot of players. It it seems a very short time ago that people on social media were, were, you know, bemoaning how thin the squad looked. But then all of a sudden, when the season starts and we've got a few games into it, we're happy to let players go out on loan because we suddenly realise, oh, hang on a minute, we've got replacements for most of the spots on the, you know, for the first 11. Mm. So we'll probably be okay. Like it's, it's just, a, it's a weird thing, isn't it? Like I think everyone was very quick to, 
to moan before a ball had been kicked. But now we've actually got going. I think there's probably a few uh, a few people that are feeling a little bit more optimistic about things, at least hopefully. I know I well, today it. anyway, definitely optimistic today, Ben. Yeah, absolutely. Great. There we go. And uh, yeah, I mean, the reason that we're optimistic today is that uh, Lincoln have confirmed the, again, it always seems to be the worst kept secrets, doesn't it? Um, one of the worst kept secrets uh, in that we have signed uh, Jordan Garrick on loan from Swansea until at the end of the season, which is conveniently also, I believe, when his contract with Swansea expires. So, But the club do have an option of a further 12 months. Sorry to burst your bubble. Yeah, I did. I, I, you know, I was I, I was breathing in to get that sentence out, Jake. Um, so you know, I think uh, it could well be, um, as you know, I think Gaz Gaz was hinting at his, on his uh, dog walks earlier on in the week that it, it could well be a, uh, a a permanent option at the end of the loan if it works for all parties. So I think a lot of Swansea fans are a bit pissed off about this. Um, there certainly seems to be a lot of positive words for him as a player. Um, you know, I think I saw a, a Swansea fan come in to, I think it was on Banter, you know, they, they jumped in and um, said, oh, you know, we're, we're now Lincoln fans for the season in your division because he's a fantastic lad and all the rest of it. So, uh, and again, there's a lot of negative uh, comment that he's leaving. And I know Gaz has done a piece on that on the site as well. So, very, very interesting times. I mean, it sounds like he plays out on the right wing uh, and he also can play as a centre-forward. Um, so, again, another option up top, which is exactly the kind of area that we were crying out for um, about a week ago, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, yeah, let's, no, let's yeah, see what yeah. happens. Yeah, um, I, I think, you know, this isn't a Swansea City podcast, but if you've watched Swansea's sort of first couple of games of the season... They're lacking a player with absolute blistering pace, which Jordan Garrick has that in absolute abundance. He's rapid. Um, I think, you know, I, I asked a, um, a, a supporter of Swindon. Obviously, he had a loan spell with Swindon um, towards the back end of the playoff season for Lincoln. Um, and he wasn't overly impressed with his work rate and his ability. Um, said he was quick. Obviously, scored in the 2-2 the draw at Central Bank against us. Um that year as well, so he, he knows how to score at Central Bank, which is, which is ideal. And then last <laughs> year, he had a really, really productive loan spell out at Plymouth Argyle, obviously. It was a bit of a mainstay in, in their, um, their team that, that nearly so nearly got to the playoffs. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't for them. A lot of goal involvements last year, looking at, looking at the stats now. Um, you know, higher goals. Uh, he scored 12 from an expected 10.35 um, expected goals. Have to get the XG in there, Ben, don't we? When, when, when Gaz is in there. I was going to say, I'm, I'm disappointed. Uh, well, do you know what? He gave me his wise scout password. So I'm, I'm now absolutely flexing my uh, my muscles here. Um, no, uh, and from the graph that, that, that's in front of me, he looked like he played right wing back for, for Plymouth, um, a lot heavily down the right hand side, which. You probably wouldn't think he's going to play for Lincoln. Probably going to sit in on that right of the front three. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, a really good, good young player. Obviously, he's four days younger than me, which makes me feel fantastic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but look, like you said, perhaps it's a similar situation with uh, Tashan Okupuf, isn't it? Who's entering the last year of the contract at the parent club. 
perhaps there's a bit of a blockage in the pathway for them there. They come to Lincoln, they impress. Whether we can pick them up permanently or whether they get a better move for themselves because um, they perform well here, um, it works for all parties. So, no, it looks a good good move on paper. Um, don't think it'll be the only business we do over the next sort of week or 10 days or so, but uh, really happy with, with Jordan Garrick or uh, as Cornell calls him, Jordan Garrock. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think um, I'm I'm excited to see what he can do. It sounds, uh, I think everybody was was suggesting after the Exeter game, and I think we we need that pace, we need that um, the, the swift attacking option, um, and it certainly seems like uh, it, that Jordan's going to bring that in. So the big question, though, do you think he goes straight into the starting eleven on Saturday? And I mean, the other big question. Like who else is in that starting eleven? Because I reckon Mark Kenny's got a very big headache at the moment, um, trying to figure out who he's going to take from the two impressive performances that we've had this week and stick them in on Saturday. Yeah, it, d- it depends completely on the on the gaffer, doesn't it? Um, <sighs> Maguire had a good game and he played on that right hand side. It depends. I think I think Kennedy will make it make a decision based on the opposition. Um, mm-hmm. Forest Green. Um, play quite a high line um, they play the ball around they ping it around a little bit so maybe you're looking at a, a Garrick figure to come in and on the right hand side and and stretch the game um, you know he's rapid that's what FIFA tells me I've done a bit of research <laughs> on FIFA before I get you cannot play FIFA and call it research playing play, playing a bit of ultimate team that's a sign <laughs> um, but no yeah um yeah, I think I think it might be probable, depending on obviously how fit he is. Um, don't think he's featured for Swansea so far this term, uh, yeah. or if he has, it's been very limited. Um, probably just so they can get him up to speed. Perhaps we might start with a with a Hacks or a Maguire uh, and look to bring him on for half an hour if if we've not won the you know if we're not ahead. Um, but you know, like you said, the the, the manager's got decisions to make. Um, mm. You know, so many impressive performances on Tuesday night and, and but you know what well, it's a good headache for him isn't it because yeah. last year the team completely picked itself because of injury yeah. um, so yeah. I can imagine this is a bit of a weird situation because I imagine when everyone's down the pub on Saturday lunchtime they're gonna, everyone's going to have a different start at 11 and yeah. that's ultimately what we've been craving for for the last two years um, yeah so no, yeah. I mean, he might get he might get a start, um, but I would probably think he's going to come off the bench. You know, cue Saturday when he starts and scores a goal, and I look like an absolute idiot or a, or a Ben Ward. Um, so yeah, pretty good. So uh, <laughs> right, so yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, let's let's talk about Saturday then. Um, we've got Forest Green Rovers at the bank. Um, it. Uh, it's that game that I think everybody's going to want to win, even though, you know, we didn't have, you know, Mark Cooper's not there anymore. It's Ian Birchnell there now, who obviously we were, I think we were linked with at one point um, in our manager search. Um, yeah, it, I think they've got, you know, they've not really done the right kind of rebuilding um, in the summer. Obviously, you know, they, they lost the manager, Um was it just before the end of the season? 
No, it was just after. after. It was it was just after, and there was a oh, whole. Right. Yeah, they they won the title, didn't they? And then that yeah. was there was a went. whole hocus pocus about it because Watford went behind yeah. the backs, and Dale Vince made about fifty statements on Twitter about it. Um, yeah, but, yeah. I mean, it's an absolute minefield for Rob Edwards walking into Watford at the moment. But yeah, that's another story, isn't it? But yeah, um, but Burst was a good a good manager, I think. If he had ended up here, would I have been displeased? Not not massively. He plays good football, good coaching pedigree, exactly like Kennedy. Um, and, you know, you talk about the rebuild, they've lost a lot of key players. Obviously, Cadden's gone to Barnsley. Kane Wilson's gone to Bristol City. Ebu Adams has gone to Cardiff City. Um, so, a lot of their players have made the jump straight from League 2 to the Championship. And uh, But they have brought in some good players. Oliver Casey on loan. From Blackpool, who he came through, you know, he's part of that really good league side with Robbie Gotts uh, and Cresswell, who's now at Millwall. They've brought Armani Little um, from Torquay, who's been a very good player for, for them in the National League. Reese Brown has gone back to Forest Green. He had a good couple of loan spells with Peter Bidinti. Mm-hmm. Um, seemed to think when we won there 2 1, Reese Brown scored a deflected free kick um, as well. Yes, I don't, know, I don't know how I remember that. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out who else they brought in. Connor Wickham. They brought Connor, Connor Wickham, Wickham in, yeah. Connor MK, Wickham. It's a bit of a statement signing, isn't it? I mean, didn't do, didn't pull up any trees at at, uh, at MK, did he really last year? So mm. maybe it might be better for him to be the main man rather than, than living in Scott Twine's shadow. But yeah, it's di- di- difficult because they're at, at the end of the day. Yes, they brought a lot of players in, but they're used to winning because they've just won the League 2 title. And we saw with Exeter how sometimes the consistency, you know, amongst the playing staff um, can really, you know, can go on. Because, you know, you look at Exeter, what they've done since since our draw, you know, they scored 11 goals in two games. Bloody mm. mental. Um, but no, it's a really tough game. Really tough game. And I spoke to Laurie, this is not to, to big up the preview or anything, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, I spoke to Laurie, uh, and and he said the rivalry is pretty much dead in the water because the two clubs are in different eras now. It was very mm. much Cowley versus Cooper, wasn't it? Mm. Um, and and now that the fact that we've you know they've got a new gaffer, we've got a new gaffer, it's probably a little bit dead in the water. Old foes, but um, probably you know Saturday. I don't think we'll be holding hands with them, but um, I don't think we'll be too asked about their supporters. <laughs> No, I mean, I think you're right. You're essentially two managers down the line um, yeah. with both teams, and it's uh, it, it's uh, like yeah, it, it's almost um, not quite as as right uh, as vicious a rivalry as it once was. Um, I'd still like to beat them. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> five, five points from nine. Ben's a great start if we beat them. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think. Um, I think it's it's difficult to obviously draw from from stuff without studying too much, you know, in, in terms of lo- looking at all of Forest Green's uh, minutes so far. But obviously, you know, beat Bristol Rovers away in the first game, then lost uh, Ipswich on Saturday. Um, went through. Uh, who did they beat on? Late is Orient, wasn't it? Yeah. So again, like us, went through against lower league opposition. I. I <laughs> I'm very intrigued to see what what Birchnell's done with Forest Green. Um, I think if we're on our game, and particularly if the players that have started to impress um, will continue to do so, I I think I'd be looking forward to to hopefully welcoming in three points on Saturday. Um, it's not the kind of game now where you just go, oh yeah, we'll win that easy. But 
I think initially, I think I mentioned this when we did the uh, the predictions podcast. I kind of had a, a sneaking feeling that I was like, oh yeah, Forest Green, they'll do well this season. And then I had a look into it. I was like, oh, maybe not, because because they, you know, say lot lost a few players, obviously bought a few players in, but maybe yeah, mm-hmm. taking a while to gel and all the rest of it. So, um, yeah. So go on then, do you guys tell me how Forest Green play and and wow and bore me with XG stats. What, why should I do that when I've interviewed Laurie? He'll t- he's gonna t- he's literally going to tell you all about it. Head over to the YouTube channel. Uh, I had a chat with Laurie Martin, who's a Forest Green reporter. Um, he literally told me everything Forest Green. Shall we, uh, shall we put that in there, Ben? Yeah, there we go. So this is uh, a little snippet of the chat. Have you been in- impressed by some of the names you've seen come into the football club, like Carl Rushworth, who you would have seen last year at Walsall, Polly O'Connor and and Charles Vernon as well, you would have seen at Bradford. Are you impressed with the, the names that we've signed? Yeah, I think in, in terms of Rushworth, definitely I think, you, you know, every League One club that needed a goalkeeper the, this season, I think the names that have gone around have sort of been Carl Rushworth and Nathan Bishop, who was obviously at, at Mansfield last season. They were sort of the two best young goalkeepers um, in the in the league. So, yeah, a, gr- a really good pickup. I think that, f- that from Lincoln, Rushworth... Um, you know, really impressed. Kept kept Walsall in games last season, and then obviously O'Connor, you know, solid solid centre back at, at Bradford and and Vernon. I think just got a little bit of X factor, hasn't he? In terms of he can he can t- sort of turn it on when when he wants to. I'm not sure he's sh- sh- shown it too consistently. Um, but but in terms of Mark Kennedy as well, you know, I think it's a really interesting appointment and kind of a name that when Forest Green were looking for a manager after Mark Cooper. Um, when before they appointed Rob Edwards, I was sort of looking at Kennedy, thinking, could that maybe like you know be an option? A a young coach. Um, I went to a, a Wolves under twenty three threes game in 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 twenty twenty, and um, whilst Mark Kennedy was was manager, and went to his sort of post match presser, and I thought he spoke really well about the game. Seemed like a a genuine, genuinely sort of nice chap, and and seems to have a good reputation as well, based on on getting getting the Lincoln job. You know, I don't think he can be judged on what happened at Macclesfield because it's just mm. uh, it's incredibly ex- extreme and difficult circumstances. So interesting to see Lincoln sort of sort of go in that way um, and watch on with with interest as to how it could go. I, you know, I know some people have predicted Lincoln to go down. I don't see that personally. Um, but yeah, it does sort of feel like it could go pretty well or maybe it could go quite badly. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Now moving on, moving on to Saturday. Then, Laurie, what are you thinking in terms of a uh, score prediction? It, it's the dreaded score prediction. What, what are you going to go with? Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I think um, Forest Green looking to sort of play out from the back under Birch door to take risks on the ball, brave. And from you know, I've only watched the highlights, but based on sort of what's been said, I think you, you know you lot are looking to to press high under Kennedy. You know, getting. <laughs> getting other teams' faces, so that could be a sort of interesting clash in terms of, you know, will Forest Green sort of just play through play through the press or will they sort of be eaten alive by it, I guess. Um, I think I'll go for a 1-1 draw. I think two fairly evenly matched teams, really, based on uh, based on where they are in terms of being under a new new manager and, you know, probably quality of squads not not too far apart either. So, yeah, I'd go, f- go for a 1-1 draw, I think. So there we go. That was Jake's preview with uh, with Laurie. Is it Laurie? Laurie. Yeah, good Laurie. man, to yeah. be fair. Good bloke. There you go. So uh, 
One to look forward to on Saturday, even though, you know, like we say, the rivalry is not quite as fierce as it once was. Uh, it's still a game that I think we'd love to win and just just get one over on Mr. Vince. It's always nice. So um, that's probably about it. I don't think we've got a midweek game next week, have we? Yeah. We do. Have we? Yeah, Oxford. Away. Of course. Sorry, yeah, of course we have. No, Ben's been, Ben's been doing his research. Sorry, mate, it is 31 <laughs> degrees in this room. My brain is not working properly. Just get one of these from the... the, the one of the, I, I say one of these. It's not great for audio, though, is it? Um, <laughs> the, in the ticket office, they've got those little books where you can write down all the scores. I've been doing them for the last few years. And if you used your, uh, your one of these, you'd be able to see that Tuesday the 16th of August, Oxford away kicks off at quarter to eight. There you go. So yeah, I mean, we, we won't we won't preview that for the same reason that we never preview Tuesday games on a Thursday because we've got to play the weekend's game first. But, and because uh, there'll be a preview on the on the YouTube channel anyway. So we, the you might you channel, might you yeah. might as well just go over there and watch that because if oh dear me, <laughs> bloody hell, he comes on the podcast for you know for a one off appearance and he's already so full of himself, isn't he? Uh. <laughs> but that's, what, that's what happens when you when you reach the triple figures and subs, mate. You just, you know, you just you grow an ego the size of a mushroom. Oh, talk to me when you get to uh, twenty three thousand, mate. It'll be all right. Oh, Was it twenty three? I think it's twenty three. Well, twenty three people. What's you? <laughs> <laughs> we've we've had uh, we actually put a uh, a video up of uh, Spider Man on PC, and it's, it's sat on about four and a half thousand views now, which is all right. Uh, twenty two thousand eight hundred eighty nine, as it currently is on uh, oh, on next year's yeah. YouTube. G- so. give, give me, give me five years, Ben. Give me five years. <laughs> so uh, no, I think uh, I think we're we're about good. Um, is there anything else that we need to plug and talk about? I'm trying to pad it out a little bit so that we yeah. tick over the hour mark because I know people get grumpy when it doesn't go to an hour. Yeah, I, uh, at the moment, Ben, we're like the equivalent of being five foot eleven when you're a bloke. Five foot eleven and a half. Because because all women want is six foot tall. Um, and at the moment, at fifty eight minutes, we're literally five foot eleven. So any padding, anything, anything you can We've fill. We've got in. the interview to slot in, haven't we? So that'll take it over. Oh, um, oh we're fine. <laughs> fine. But now, is there, is there anything else that you need to? We want to talk about, or we need to talk about, or you want to plug? Uh, well, no. Just again, I said it at the start of the of the pod, but massive thank you to people to. The, the 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 support on the YouTube channel um, really appreciated. Uh, I know I go on about it a lot, but it's uh, it, it's you know I put a lot of effort into it this year, and and hopefully that's that's sort of showing in, in the content. Um, but no, um, really massively appreciated. Hopefully we can get to one thousand sooner rather than later, so that we can earn some sweet sweet money from YouTube. Can't wait. <laughs> it's not all that sweet, mate. Don't get a lot. Um... <laughs> So, uh, yeah, there's two things I want to say. First up, buy a program on Saturday because the programs are looking very nice. Um, and, uh, you know, big uh, big credit to, to Mr. Ray for, for getting all those done. And uh, secondly is a bit, of a, a bit of a personal thank you to somebody who I believe should take up a career as a private detective. Um, big thanks to uh, Nick, uh, Nick Proctor. Um, he knows what he's done. Um, you know, detective chief or chief, yeah, detective chief superintendent, whatever he wants to be, he can do it. Uh, Nick, so yeah, cheers for cheers for all that stuff, mate. Um, it's going to be slightly mysterious for for reasons that may become apparent down the line, but Nick knows, so he's oh, all good. Brilliant. I hope Rachel's not too worried about all that. 
No, Rach was one of the people that uh, that helped get it sorted. So, uh, yeah, I'll explain to you off air because it's, it's fucking hilarious. Anyway, I think that's probably going to do us for now because, as I said, this room is heating up something chronic. Um, I'm going to go and sit in a bath of ice. Um, and next week, uh, it'll be me and Gaz again, but Jake will have a preview Monday or Tuesday. Uh, I'll come back to you on that. Monday. Okay. Mon- Monday. Monday. It should be Monday. Cool. Well, thanks for thanks for hopping in tonight, mate. And um, up the imps. Up the imps. Thank you for listening. It's the ninetieth minute, and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.